Hello and welcome to this week's Shoot the Moon podcast, broadcasting live and direct from Revenue Rocket World Headquarters in Bloomington, Minnesota. Revenue Rocket is the world's premier growth strategy and M&A advisor to tech-enabled services companies. Um, with me today are my partners, Ryan Burnett and Matt Lockhart. Welcome, gentlemen. Great to be here, Mike. Excited about our uh, excited about our topic, and you know I missed I missed a podcast, and so I'm fired up to to get back on the uh, get back on the proverbial horse. What's going on, Ryan? Well, we we missed you as well, Matt. Uh, but if you want to listen and, and learn about the goodwill and how it's treated in a sale, uh, please feel free to to listen in. This week, I think we're gonna. We have something a little more exciting than accounting policies and that uh, love to talk about uh, as an owner and CEO of an IT services company. Uh, you've got a lot of weight on, on your shoulders and uh, it's something that you have likely invested your entire uh, life in and perhaps your savings in. And it's a, it's a big decision to see what could be next in the future. And we want to talk a bit about if you're thinking, let's say, a year out from potentially exiting your firm or, or selling the company, uh, what things you should start thinking about uh, when it comes to uh, the team members and culture and employees and and all the things that matter to help uh, ensure your uh, your legacy. So uh, with that, I, uh, I again thanks Mike, Matt, both for being on here, and uh, we've got um, lots of experiences um, in in working with. Co- people all over the spectrum. So um, let's just start out, uh, Mike, let's, why don't you get this topic going? Uh, maybe talk a little bit about the concept of um, selling in and selling out uh, as a start. And I think that can get us going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, there's a couple ways if you're going to begin a transition sort of out of the business over the long haul, um, you know, in, in the beginning, you sort of have to decide, is this, is this about, you know, leaving the business in fairly short order? And I would define fairly short order within one year of the transaction date. Um, or is it about leaving, you know, farther out, maybe two to three years or five years out? Uh, or maybe never. But in the case of transitioning the business, I think it's assumed, at least in the case of this podcast, it will be transitioning out. Um, we use, you know, you've heard this in our other podcasts, the term selling in, selling out. Selling in means you're going to be there for a while, uh, two to three years or more. Selling out means you're trying to transition right away. And I think the preparations for those things are are different. Um, If you're selling in, um, you have to be prepared to sort of relinquish some controls in the business um, and be sort of play a different role. A lot of times our clients that are selling in uh, oftentimes, you know, revert to maybe just a a sales role um, uh, or one of a more of a technical lead role um, because that's where their core skills are. And that's a way for them to, you know, maybe work less and help to still contribute meaningfully to the business under the new leadership and ownership. Um, Someone who's selling out really needs to focus on uh, working their way out of a job before they bring their firm to market. And and what I mean by that is that they've moved um, their role in the business to be much more of um, uh, oversight and advisory role 
um, and much less of working in the business. I, I use a, also use the terms working on the business or working in the business. They're more of a working on the business, which is guiding strategy, providing oversight, management oversight, and direction, you know, helping with direction uh, versus uh, working in the business in very specific roles. Um, those need to be taken over by someone else to build the business to a place where you can sell out or where you can move on. Um, that's why we often use a phrase, you know, you're kind of working your way out of a job. You're working your way into a work on the business versus in the business. So hopefully that sets the stage a little here, right? No, absolutely. I think I think you're that, that's a great topic. And, and Matt, maybe you want to expand a bit on this on it's important to get the um, uh, first to define what you want to do and and understand are you looking to uh to do less or to do more so i think that's a, kind of the first thing but um that working yourself on a job is important and in that um you have to have the team in place that's able to to um pull off what you do but that's uh, perhaps easier said than done um Matt, what are some of the things that a, a ceo has got to think about transitioning yeah, so I th I think maybe let's frame it and say we're we're talking in the context of selling out or um, a CEO is looking to end the chapter. Um, and you know, many of the firms that that we work with are founder led businesses. So let's you know keep that in mind that the CEO is the founder um of the business and and this has been in many cases of um his life's his or her life's work um and and so you know it, they want to make sure that they're um maximizing the return on their investment of their time and their money and and so on and so forth they also want to make sure that in many cases that they're they're leaving the the business that they founded or or they've led in in great hands in great shape um they we hear all the time i i i i really want to make sure that my team is taken care of um and then and and also that my customers are taken care of right and so all of these considerations need to be sort of front and center in in thinking about the preparation uh, uh, to 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 sell your business and and so what does the CEO need to think about? Well, envision that transition and and that new chapter where you are not making all of the decisions and. Um, and so I think that one of the first things to do is, is sort of practice that and have, having that team in place internally, that next level of leadership team in place internally, uh, who are making the decisions, who are operating the business, who are, um, largely the interface to customers, um, who, um, who are, you know, really working to, uh, drive the culture internally forward. Um, so I think that that's really one of the very first things that that 
owners need to do is is truly make sure that um, they they're starting and practicing um, working themselves out of a job, right? And you know we see that done you know really well and really effectively, and and um, you know where our clients um, have been doing that over years, right? And and quite honestly, that's just good business practice anyways for a CEO to do. Um, and, um, and then we've seen other situations where they have, and, um, buyers really notice that and they, and they take that into account and they, they say, well, we're, we really love the business, but the CEO has got to come along for a period of time. Um, because without the CEO, um, the, the business is at risk. I think one of the, the interesting things you brought up there, uh, Matt, is that that sales and that customer relationship. Um, it, he, we have these CEOs that are, are very in tune with their customer base, and oftentimes that's why the company's been successful, has been the customer and, and CEO interaction. And I think in many of the, the successful sales that we've had, uh, that the CEO is still there, but they're the guy that's in the uh, in the back of the room, just in just as just to be looked at, and everyone else is running the meeting. And uh, there's very little there that they're contributing since they've successfully transitioned the sales um, portion over to to other team members, and they ensure that and trust that their project managers can deliver and continue to resell. Uh, I think one of the challenges we've seen in that same scenario is companies that are, especially if they're uh, a buyers and a P front, they oftentimes look for uh, contract terms to be the replacement to that CEO. And uh, so if you're thinking about perhaps a year or two out, you may want to look at some of the ways that in which you contract with your customers um, that could be more resilient to that personal change that, that comes with it. I think all buyers are concerned. The customer relationships are so in tune with the owners and uh, that you have to do a, a spectacular job of, of, of ensuring that your customers are um, indebted to the, to the business and not, and, and not to you. Um. Mike, I'll, I'll transition things over here. Uh, um, w- when you're thinking about a process and you're looking at um, selling the company in maybe a year or two, you know, who sh- who should know in this? So if you're trying to transition and get it to the right per people, um, do you let someone fully know that, hey, I'm trying to get out of this business in a year or two? Or do you um, step up the leadership and, and transition period? And, and who should know and, and, and when? Well, <clears throat> that's a great question. I think it's a reasonable approach to have a continuity plan in your business, right? So, you know, you're going to get hit by a bus, let's say. Um, you need to be talking about, you know, who are the partners in the business, who's running the place if you don't show up on Monday, right? Uh, because you can't. Um, you know, you're injured or you have a health issue or whatever. I think having a strong continuity plan is always a prudent 
uh, strategy because, you know, stuff happens to people, right? And I think, you know, we need to be somewhat pragmatic about um, our own, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a fatalist here, but, you know, our own uh, frailty and, and, you know, the time spent here on this planet. I mean, we are, none of us are going to live forever. So, you know, you want to be able to be thinking about that. I think pursuant to a, a continuity plan, assuming a sort of unplanned disruption of the leadership profile of the, of the owners, um, you, you, you probably want to, um, uh, you know, begin to have some conversations with the leadership that would stay that's running the business as to, you know, what your long-term intentions probably are, right? Is it going to be a situation where you intend to, um, you know, stick it out for five years or seven years or 10 years um, and just do what you do until you can't anymore? Or is it going to be, hey, we're going to evaluate options in two years? I mean, just some broad brush strokes um, as relates to your leadership team are probably an important thing because you don't want to you don't want to be surprising people who may be counted on to be um, going with a transaction. Um, now, I think it's also important to consider that the people that are going to enable you to um, to do this um, need to be taken care of in the business, right? Um, and, and, and it, you know, this is a personal decision, I think, for every business owner, but you know, regardless of whether you have these are partners with equity or partners with equity participation, um, most owners that we deal with provide some of that um, that purchase price or sales equity to their partners, um, either consistent with their profit sharing if they have a profit sharing plan, uh, which is a great framework to do so, um, or uh, through other some other vehicle. So. I think, you know, some of this is continuity planning pursuant to, you know, an inevitable or, or questions are inevitable, but, you know, an unplanned transitional leadership. Um, some of it has to do with um, just managing expectations. Hey, if we were ever to get, you know, an offer we can't refuse around here, we would certainly be sharing those proceeds with the people that made it happen, which are your team members. And particularly those that are, you know, running and leading the business. I think it's a, it's a, it's, I don't want to say a moral obligation to do so, but I feel strongly that it is the right thing to do, right? And I think, um, you know, most owners that we've worked with certainly think about it the same way. Um, I, I never think it's a good idea to spring on a, um, a leader who is expected to or may have more gas in the tank or more maybe here longer to, a, you know, be in a business longer. To spray on them, hey, we're going to sell next week, and uh, I hope you stick around, you know, because it's moving their cheese in a big way. Um, at the same time, I think I want to be really clear, the fewer people that can know about a transition plan like this, uh, the better. Because I think most people are at your business working for you because they want to be working with you. They, it's a, It's a good relationship, right? It's a... It's a symbiotic relationship. They're they're um, they're there because you were able to recruit them, and you guys have a good time working together. I hope that's the case, and certainly you enjoy that uh, more than not. So uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Um, 
and because of that, I, I think you have to consider and you owe it as an obligation to be, um, um, you know, uh, having this conversation on a need to know basis, but at the same time being sensitive to sort of what those employee, you know, those key employees will be going through. I think beyond leadership, it's probably appropriate to, um, you know, not fully uh, share what the plan is um, until you're much closer to making the decision. Um, because I think if people think that you're selling out and you're going to leave them behind, people sometimes run to a conclusion that uh, if it's going to get changed anyway, I might as well just leave. So I think it's a, a very limited set of people that understand and are part of a uh, continuity plan that should have this understanding of sort of when the next milestone will be for which they'll evaluate uh, equity transfer and what their role will be in that and, frankly, what their remuneration will be accordingly. Um, I think having clarity around those items is super important. One, what, You know, one point, and, and this kind of goes back to – if you're selling in, however, um, and not saying that you're going to tell the entire organization, but um, if you see and, and are working towards an opportunity for that proverbial second bite at the apple, because you see the opportunity to grow with a partner, um, you know, in, in that case, you know, maybe you're a little bit more planful with your uh, executive leadership team, because you, you really want to have, you know, have them feel as though they're part of the opportunity, you know, moving forward in, in growing with uh, a new partner. Um, and so, you know, as you were talking, Mike, I think I agree with you a thousand percent on, on everything that you said in that context of if you're going to be transitioning out, and kind of how to manage that and think about that and ensure that you're you're driving that that good business practice of 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 um, you know succession and continuation planning. Um, even kind of maybe even more important to think about that if you're going to be selling in. Yeah, and I would say even if you're focused on having the organization sell in and do an equity role, that's much more of an investment in the future. And oftentimes the second tier leadership or your senior leadership outside of the ownership um, will be receiving material equity grants pursuant to that deal in order to keep them engaged on moving forward and the growth through the second by the apple. So, you know, we certainly have clients that we brought to market that will, you know, do a deal with a private equity firm, for example, um, and, you know, maybe there's a 30% equity role in the future, and that ownership, um, that, that, that leader in that business allocates that to the senior team uh, so that they can participate in that equity. It's really what would be considered their payment, if you will, um, pursuant to, uh, as a reward for their work there. Um, <clears throat> It's a little bit tricky because, um, you know, certainly there's a significant delayed uh, realization on that equity, but uh, on one hand, but on the other hand, it, it certainly, if the plan is realized, it will be worth a ton more uh, in the future with the appropriate uh, financing partner, growth partner uh, pursuant to that. So there's some 
you know, I think all these aspects that I bring up um, are somewhat nuanced by your own situation. Um, and that's why, you know, having a competent M&A advisor on your side to help you sort of bet this and think about it longer term, longer tail, you know, and thinking about exiting in two years or three years or five years. What do I need to be thinking about? And beginning a relationship will certainly benefit you as you're uh, you know, contemplating your long-term exit. Hey, um, I'd love, love to transition a tiny bit here, but uh, yeah, we've heard a lot about what happens at work and to talk, think about transitioning the, um, your sales. Next year, I would say that there's some obvious things on ensuring that the numbers are in order and, and you're You've got you're, you're probably already trusting a finance person um, with a, a lot of finance, but what about at home? And, and what about kind of future planning, uh, perhaps with your family and or even with um, what you're going to do uh, if you've been, especially in the the exiting scenario? Uh, are there some things you should start thinking about when it comes to uh, uh, your your friends and family and uh, your hobbies? Even love to hear what you guys have seen. Well, I'll jump well, in. I'll go ahead, Matt. All right. Should, should we arm wrestle, Mike? <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, I, I often talk to sellers, especially, you know, these, you know, founder led businesses. And when we say founder led businesses, some of these, some of these businesses are big businesses, right? Um, and they've been working at it and they've grown a substantial, you know, organization and, and, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people um and so you know they're they they've been investing uh of themselves personally uh, uh for you know a decade or even long 20 years it could be right and so you know one of the first things that that i talk to and we talk to sellers about is being emotionally ready for this transition for this new chapter um and and it's kind of the first step is is are you emotionally ready to um to sort of you know see the end of this chapter uh and and be doing you know something different your life is going to be different and and do you have other interests and and things that you want to start to explore that could be going and and doing a new venture in a in a different you know market. Um, it could be um, taking a step back professionally, still working maybe, but taking a step back professionally. Um, it could be retiring. It could be traveling for a period of time with your family and then and then deciding, you know, really kind of what to do um, moving forward. But but it it is it is a new chapter and and being emotionally ready is kind of part of that. Um, what you brought up, Ryan, part of being emotionally ready is is what does it mean at home? What does it mean away from uh, the office? And and I think that that's a really good point, Ryan. That that it is um, it's a critical factor. For a CEO, and 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 we again, you know, talk about it as one of the first steps in being prepared and getting ready. Yeah, I'd echo Matt that comment. I think, you know, call it emotional readiness or call it um, 
you know, just being in the right place, um, sort of being of sound mind and body about what's next in your life. Um, and, uh, and it's different for everyone, right? Some people go out and, you know, start a new business, right? They say, Hey, this has been a really good run and, you know, I'm now going to monetize it and I really want to open a, I use this example a lot and I have in the past, a Taekwondo studio. And the reason I do that is because that's a real example of a client we had on the East Coast who built a great business and we helped sell. And he was very, very into Taekwondo. So he went and opened three uh, Taekwondo studios and, you know, to this day has been very successful with them and continues to expand that out east and certainly has done a great job with that. Um, for some, it's, you know, hey, I really want to, you know, buy a fishing boat and spend time fishing, or I want to be spending more time playing golf or, you know, kind of be retired or um, give back, right? We know many that have done material philanthropic um, donations and traveled the world in volunteering in Bangladesh and other places. And certainly, it's a very... Uh, it's a very personal thing, uh, but it's one that you need to get come to grips with you and your family about what that's going to be and what it's going to mean long term. Some have set up foundations and they focus their time on their foundation uh, with proceeds from the sale. Um, some have, you know, done a variety of things. I mean, I can think of probably 50 different things that people that have exited businesses where we've helped exit businesses have done some of which I've been very surprised as to what they are. Some have opened restaurants. Some have, have um, you know, continued in different business pursuits they've always dreamed of doing. And some have spent, you know, more time with their family because certainly being an entrepreneur through the early phases and startup and, you know, depending on their role and working in the businesses can be in many ways very consuming, in some ways all-consuming. And they wanted to, uh, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, get to know their family again um, with the time back that they have after kind of selling out. So, you know, I just echo Matt's comments about, you know, you really have to understand what is next very clearly um, and be committed to that transition in order, I think, for the deal to be successful long term. Yeah, I, I think that's that's great advice. Great advice. But first, to summarize what I heard here today um, on the the work front, uh, make sure that you're working yourself out of a job, and you're able to successfully delegate the responsibilities uh, to uh, the people that are running your company. Uh, that includes customer uh, customer relationships that uh, may have some perhaps contracts associated with them, or or other relationships in which uh, the, those relationships are transitioned to someone else. Uh, I heard you know, bring your the right people in on your team and and consider options for compensating them for what that exit may look like, uh, and to help ensure that they're uh, sold in when a when a company was to move forward. And then at home, I heard uh, think about what you want to do uh, about uh, that could be uh, financially, it could be uh, motivation wise, it could be uh, with your your friends and family, and, and it's important to to have something to replace a large chunk of your life that you'll be missing. Uh, Matt, I'll turn it over for you for any closing thoughts, and uh, over to Mike from there. 
Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think is um, also important and and part of the, you know, for a CEO to get ready is is starting to think about who they're going to work with, um, quite honestly. And 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 a good first step in that. And it's a who are you going to work with as your professional advisors, your M&A advisor, your your attorney, your accountant, Um uh, oftentimes, uh, an organization's you know corporate attorney uh, is is wonderful as an attorney as you're operating the business, but but may not be the best you know transactional attorney. For example, um, starting to develop a relationship with a, with an M and A advisor early, um, and building that bridge and building that bridge of trust is is super important. But but even beyond those professional relationships is, you know, who within the network um, are going to be your sounding boards, um, other CEOs who've been through the process before, um, you know, and, and, and so, so sort of thinking about that. So uh, I think that that that's important. It doesn't necessarily come naturally uh, all the time. So that's kind of why I pointed out, but, Hey, you know, we, we, this is what we do every day and we really enjoy it. So we, you know, we love having these, you know, conversations with, uh, with CEOs. So great topic today, Ryan. Appreciate it. Mike, over to you. Thanks, Matt and Ryan. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Uh, so with that, we'll tie a ribbon on it, uh, for this week. Um, in the spring of 2023 at Revenue Rocket, uh, I think we actually have leaves on the trees now <clears throat> after one of the longest record, uh, winters on record, uh, here. Uh, but we're, uh, happy to be, uh, turning the corner into summer. Uh, we wish everybody a great week and a great day. And we look forward to having you tune in next week to the Shoot the Moon podcast. Take care and make it a great day and week. So long.